Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by allsteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackby and joined every Friday by my main man, Derek Bell. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk or anywhere you get your podcasts. And today, in what feels like a repeat episode, we were just talking about this. We will preview the Pittsburgh Steelers Baltimore Ravens Week 17 matchup at MT Bank Stadium. I got to say, first, before we start anything, Best news I got all week. Two things I got to bring up. The first thing, best news I got all week was the fact that I did not have to spend New Year's in Baltimore. Very excited. I don't care if Baltimore is a cool city or not. Okay. I'm 26 years old. I'm at the age of my life where my bed is the greatest thing in my life. And nothing sounds better than spending New Year's in my bed. Two, I have to say congratulations. As a Duke fan, we have the worst fans of sports on this show. But as a Duke fan, the Pitt Panthers pulled out a big one for you. I just congratulated before the show, but uh, I have to let everybody else know that Derek is a Duke fan, and today was a good day for him. Hey, but, hey man, I, I appreciate I appreciate y'all's service, man. Anytime the Tar Heels lose, <laughs> it's a good day in my household. So I appreciate the the service of the Pitt Panthers. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll see Duke take it easy on you guys uh, this year when they play. It match. does play the does play does play Duke, huh? That's like an a, a an ACC thing. What is Duke right now? Are they are they good? Uh, that didn't sound good. <laughs> it's been a rough start to the season. Uh, <laughs> they got a lot of young guys that they're, um, you know, relying on right now. They haven't really had their full roster of health. A couple guys been dealing with some injuries. They're working two of their highest recruits back into like kind of shape because they missed some off season stuff. And so it's been a little bit of a, a little bit of a mess, honestly. But I'm still optimistic that they can be like a, you know, sweet sixteen maybe a lead eight type of team. So that's what they, that's where they go every year anyway. So it's, yeah, it's not like expectations are changing, but all right, as always, it's, it is a beautiful day in the Berg. Fantastic last 48 hours here. I, I would assume it's the same in Kentucky because we seem to mimic each other. I yeah. feel my friend. Yeah, it's good, man. Um, I'm definitely excited that it's, there's not snow on the ground. Yes. Uh, I've probably given this take before, but I like snow, right? Um, but I don't like snow after Christmas. Yeah. So after Christmas, I'm pretty much done with winter, even though I don't mind the cold at all. It's just, I don't like snow past Christmas. So I, uh, I'm excited that there's not snow on the ground and I am really enjoying this weather. Cause after this, I'm going to go get to run outside, which I haven't been able to do in a couple of weeks. Yes. Beautiful. So, a lot of beautiful. Stuff about. I'll be, uh, I'll be there with you. Although I did give up on yours and Donnie's, uh, fitness watch thing just can't do watch it sits in my drawer it was a waste of 200 bucks man i can't i can't believe it i know I, I know i run every day and it's a waste of time because nobody knows that i'm actually trying it's ridiculous all right let's talk steelers ravens week 17 a, a must win for the pittsburgh steelers they obviously still need some help 
Najee Harris and TJ both said today that, yeah, they will be paying attention to the Dolphins game. They will be paying attention to the Jets game, but you still got to beat the Ravens first and foremost. You look at this game, there's no Lamar Jackson once again. I think the biggest factor will be Kenny Pickett if he plays an entire game. Injuries on defense to Trey Norwood, Miles Jack, and Larry Ogunjobi. Overall, what stands out? What's your biggest, I don't know, headline to watch, moment to watch? in Steelers-Ravens. Yeah, no Marcus Peters is really interesting to me personally. Um, you know, no Calais Campbell as well, right? Yep. Uh, so, I mean, this Baltimore defense has been rock solid um, over the past. You know, they've really been playing good football really since they acquired um, Roquan Smith. So, not having those guys in the lineup is, is in my opinion, massive i mean this is probably this is definitely this was the best defense that they were going to play over the second half of the season um you know and now they're going to be down several starters without marcus peters i mean it's kind of like a who's who of guys they've got a bunch of veteran guys daryl worley kyle fuller went on our earlier this season um jalen armor davis rookie from alabama he's on our i think as well it's Brandon Stevens, who the Steelers have seen before, um, longer type of cornerback, and then Kevin Seymour. So it's it's really, really thin in the secondary, which I think matches up really good for you know the Steelers. Um, you look at their last matchup, uh, for all of the untimely turnovers that Trubisky had, the Steelers were able to move the ball pretty much at yeah. will through the air. I mean, we saw George Pickens lighten up Marlon Humphrey. They did a lot of good things on offense in terms of just moving the football. It was just the untimely turnovers when they got into Raven territory that kind of costed them that game. So, um, you know, overall, I think the Marcus Peters injury to me is pretty massive. Um, the Calais Campbell one, you know, is equally probably as important in terms of establishing the, the running game. But I think they have better depth up front than they do probably in the back end at this point of the season. Yeah, Marcus Peters to me is a name that is huge because Marlon Humphrey came out and said it after the game last time that George Pickens had Good. his number. Yeah, Good. cooked. And he did. He, he did cook. So so that's that's the question is you head into this game, do you think that it'll be more heavily focused on stopping George Pickens or do you think that Humphrey is going to play them both, play Deontay, play George? And at that point, can anybody in that secondary stop the other who isn't on Marlon Humphrey? Yeah, I mean, I expect a lot of zone coverage. The last time that these two teams played, um, the Ravens ran more, a lot more main coverage than they had really all season, um, particularly just like through the course of the game. Um you know, on they were in main coverage on 43% of the snaps. That's that's definitely higher than their typical rate. And Deontay Johnson talked a little bit about this week, how he thinks that, you know, a lot of teams have been playing them man-to-man, but, you know, they're starting to beat teams out of that. And, you know, main coverage can mean a lot of different things about your personnel or what they think of your quarterback or anything like that. Um, in terms of the Steelers, I just – there's just not a lot of – teams right now that I feel like um, are going to feel super comfortable about having two guys on the outside that are going to be capable of handling Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. What so. do you th- what do you think is the factor? You just said that teams playing man-to-man says something about your team or about your quarterback for the Steelers. What do you think it says? Uh, I think that it could mean a lot of different things. I mean, 
Um, you know, for example, some of the quarterbacks that are seeing the highest rate of man coverage this year, Zach Wilson. All yeah, right. okay. we know what NFL Zach Wilson. We know what the Jets think of Zach Wilson. So um, that's a that's one of those things where even though the Jets have good playmakers, I just think that you know NFL teams don't really respect Zach Wilson, so they're gonna just get after him. They're not gonna have to sugarcoat anything that they're doing. They can blitz. They can get up in receivers' faces, and they just don't trust him to make the throws. Um, but then you look at like some of the other guys that see a little bit more man coverage on the season is Patrick Mahomes. So oh. best quarterback in football, probably best player in football. But the Chiefs see a lot more man coverage this year because Tyreek's no longer there to take the top off. And their re- their weapons right now are Travis Kelsey, who can obviously does a lot of good things against man coverage. But their second weapon is Juju Smith-Schuster, who excels really against zone. So that's kind of their thing with the Chiefs is like a lot of teams are more comfortable um, playing them, you know, man to man. So um it's definitely interesting. I think with the Steelers, uh, with Deontay, what he was meaning by that is just, you know, um, he's had a really good four or five week stretch. And um, I know that Deontay is probably the most polarizing player in the Steelers fan base. But um, you guys have to understand, like, the reason he's on that field is because he is incredibly difficult to play man coverage. Oh, yeah. Um, he's hard to press. Uh, he gets a lot of separation. Um, on his route. So those things, you know, typically are things that, you know, defensive coordinators are weary of when you're playing man coverage, because unless you've got a dude on the outside, um, good luck, because he's going to he's going to win more often than not. Who do you think does benefit the most from Peter's injury? Is it because Kyle Hamilton? I think Kyle Hamilton's dynamic changes this week because Pat Fryermuth was was that the no, it was the game afterwards where Fryermuth mm-hmm. was injured. It wasn't Baltimore. So that changed. So that maybe it doesn't really, change. He didn't really do a ton, though. Like he wasn't no. super impactful. Remember, because the couple of the interceptions that Trubisky threw were to Pat over the yeah, middle. were to Pat. Yeah, yeah. He did. He finished the game with thirty-three yards, three receptions, thirty-three yards, and a touchdown. But I mean, not a huge game. But Deontay had eighty-two yards. Pickens had seventy-eight yards. Who do you think benefits the most? Like, do you expect a Marlon Humphrey? playing one or the other, you know, predominantly over over the other? Well, see, where I think it gets super interesting is if – and I, I know that they've been playing Kyle Hamilton more in the slot, right? Yeah. Um, but I think it gets super interesting if the Steelers are able to start spreading Baltimore out and then maybe, you know, mixing and matching and attacking some matchups. Uh, you know, not to say – I don't think the Steelers should be afraid of Marlon Humphrey. Um, no. Especially after Pickens just had, you know, three catches and 78 yards uh, <laughs> against him just a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, but I expect Humphrey's going to be pretty geared up for this matchup. He's had good games against the Steelers. I, I think that, you know, even the best players on your team are going to have bad games. And that was just a bad game from Humphrey um, a couple weeks ago. But he'll be locked in for this one. But I, I still think that you'll be able to match up Hunt with some of these other guys in the secondary. You know, they've got really good safety depth. Like I mentioned about, you know, Kyle Hamilton, they'll, they'll use those three safety looks with Chuck Clark and Marcus Williams. Um, but you can match up on a little bit. Like, they, they need to go out there and they need to find Brandon Stevens. They need to go find Kevon Seymour and those those guys. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, but I think Deontay is the, the biggest beneficiary of this because Peters was on him most of the, most of the game uh, when they last played. And Deontay did his thing, but um, I just – I don't see anyone – on Baltimore that like you know 
is really capable of stopping him down. I don't really think that uh, Humphrey's that great of a matchup for him either. No, my, Humphrey's a very terms, physical guy. Yeah, just in terms of uh, skill sets. So, Yeah, agreed. Uh, sticking with the offense, obviously, Najee Harris is, I think that was the last game. The Steelers didn't rush for 100 yards. Najee finished, what, 12 rushes, 33 yards and a touchdown. He averaged 2.8 yards a, a carry. He's coming off of a bit of a down game. I don't even know if I want to classify it as a down game. Like, Yeah, he didn't do a- as much on the ground, but the guy was the life and soul of that final drive through the air. So you got to give him credit where credit's due. But it was a down game. Did, did you expect at the same time Mitch Trubisky threw the ball 30 times and the Steelers were doing everything they can to keep themselves alive? So... Yeah, not to not to recap too much of the Raiders game, but yeah. um, if y'all want answers as to why why maybe Najee didn't do a ton um, against the Raiders, y'all need to go watch what Andrew Billings was doing to Mason Cole up front because he oh, was bad that dude. Yikes. It was bad. Um, Billings, I mean, I've always kind of known he could, you know pretty good run defender um, and somebody that we've been really familiar with for a long time, dating back to when he was coming out of college, but. Holy moly, that was a that was a performance. I mean, Cam Hayward had one of the his best performance of the season, one of the best interior defensive lineman performances that I've seen this year, period, from anyone. Uh, but Andrew Billings was a monster um Saturday night. Uh Mason Cole was getting uh was getting thrown around. So that was why I think uh easily explains kind of some of the struggles with Najee. But no, to your point, he was incredible catching the ball. I mean, oh, yeah. he made so many big plays, like just taking check downs and turning them into like, you know, 15, 20 yard plays. It was, um, it was, it was awesome to see. He he was huge. He was huge on Saturday. I laughed today. We were talking to him in the locker room and somebody asked, I forget who it was asked. And I don't think it was a reporter. I think it was a cameraman asked mm-hmm. if this was the hardest running he's or the hardest he's ever had to fight for yards like if this season was the hardest and he like immediately laughed and was just like now nah, is last season it was definitely last season and that was it that was the whole answer there was and everybody realized knew they were just like yeah nope i knew that one like all he had to say was kendra green's no longer in the line kendra green trey norwood or not trey norwood trey turner you forget you forget who Najee Harris had to run behind in his rookie season and i mean my everybody was everybody at the beginning i, I remember talking to guys who were like Maybe he trained too hard and put on too much too much mass. The guy had to take hits from everybody and drag them three yards to get three yards last season. That's how he ran the football. He had to put on mass. Like the guy should have came in here walking in like he was James Daniels, same size, and said, all right, I'm playing running back. Here we go. Which I think personally, I saw I'm not gonna, I'm not, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this, but I'm gonna do it anyways. There was somebody who's practicing as Patrick Ricard this week and I wasn't against a possible move to fullback as to who was playing Patrick Ricard. I, I know who it was and you didn't even tell me who it was. <laughs> I wasn't opposed to it like I saw it and I was just like maybe I'm guessing, I'm guessing it's a player that's played running back before a long time ago oh I don't know no 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 different guy actually not you thinking Mark you know Robinson him? Yeah, it's no, not, not Mark Robinson. Really? No, no, no. This really? guy, this guy was part of Najee's very difficult season. I will tell you that. He uh he's probably the smallest offensive lineman Pittsburgh's ever seen in their life. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. Um, and I wasn't opposed to it. My thought was maybe, you know, I mean, why not? Yeah. 
There's nothing there. There's nothing there as a center. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, it's not going to work out a guard. You might as well just yeah. give it a shot. Like, why would you? It's not okay for two reasons. This is my this is my reasoning. Derek Watt does not play fullback. He plays one yard running back, which is fine. He's very good at what he does there. And coming out of college, that's all you heard was how how athletic, how good off the run or off the, the pole he was and how he was just vicious, like how good he was running into guys at the second level. I mean, Patrick Ricard is 700 pounds when he lines up in front of J.K. Dobbins. I they just, got that man running wheel routes and stuff. And, and Yeah, <laughs> no, you can't do that. You can't. You can't. It's got to be straight ahead, always running the football 100%. You can't actually play Patrick Ricard, although, although there was a pass attempt and catch in practice, and it was more than impressive for what was going on here. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying, maybe it's a possibility. Um, all right, let's talk other side of the football. Big injuries. Miles Miles Jack. Well, Trey Norwood's out with a hamstring injury. I think we also kind of saw that one coming. Miles Jack is questionable with the groin. Larry Ogunjobi is questionable with the uh, toe. Miles was limited the last two days of practice. The first day he missed for Franco Harris's funeral. Um, then Ogunjobi was limited the final day as well after not practicing all week. This is like the third or fourth week in a row that Ogan Joby has not practiced and still played. Mm-hmm. This is the first time that he's got an injury tag, which I think is interesting. What's bigger? You know, Miles Jack's snaps have gone down because Robert's planes have gone up. But at the same time, I think Ogan Joby's playing some of the best football that he's played all season against a very strong running team. You know, is, is one injury worse than the other to have on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, I think that the Ogan Joby injury is probably more of an issue um like you said they kind of got this three wheel or three-headed monster uh, inside linebacker that's what you want to call three-headed it three-headed monster yeah quotation marks yeah with Splane now <laughs> taking like the line share of the snaps but um you know Devin Bush been kind of kicked to the back burner a little bit the past couple of weeks so maybe uh maybe we see him get more snaps if Jack doesn't go um jack's been another guy who's been like he's been weirdly banged up kind of in and out the past couple of months yeah Um, his uh his groin injury looked rough i will say that i was i was surprised of how quickly he returned from that because there was a time where he could barely walk yeah um ogan joby um i mean he's he's clearly been you know battling through some stuff all season long it's definitely been a tough season i'm sure for him uh, especially off coming off how well he played last year and then, you know, um, he signs that big contract. The contract doesn't go through. Um, so I'm sure that this season's been extremely um, difficult for him, just, you know, trying to rebuild his value. But, you know, with Baltimore and, you know, you look at the things that they were able to do um, last time these two teams played in terms of just pounding the heck out of the rock, 38 carries, 215 yards, 5.7 yards a pop. And that was including some kneel downs at the end of the game. I was going to say, because what did Dobbins go? 15 yeah. for 120? Yeah, Do- Dobbins was 15 for 120 and a touchdown. Jeez, um, the, and the kind of the concerning, I guess, aspect of that is um, 110 yards after contact. I mean, they were getting three yards a pop after contact. Yeah. Um, there's we talked about this when we did this preview a couple weeks ago and really not much has changed i mean lamar jackson's still out you still got tyler hunley in the game um 
this is going to be a put up and shut up, grab like bucket your chin strap type of game, especially for the defense. Um, so there's no smoke and mirrors about what Baltimore is going to come out doing. Um, you know, I, I talked about, you know, that week or when we got back after that game, how I think the worst way to lose, man, is just get punked out, especially in your own stadium. And now they're having to travel to Baltimore. So, you know, it's it's really tough to imagine them not being really amped up for this game and not letting that happen again. Yeah. Um, but again, that's the key. I mean, you got to stop the ground game. J.K. Dobbins, um, Gus Edwards. You stop those two guys and you're going to win the game, I think, unless, you know, we have another three, four turnover performance from the offense, which I don't see happening. Um, You know, that's that's the key. You got to stop the ground game, get off the field, um, stuff like that. So, yeah, 100 percent. Do you think that there's a good question here? Will the Steelers cut Jack? I think the I want to branch off of that. So Miles Jack, you know, hasn't underperformed because I don't know what the expectations were in my eyes coming into the season. But do you look at it right now? I talked about it this morning on my Steelers to go. Is it almost a guarantee that the linebackers next season are Robert Spillane insert name here, Mark Robinson, right? Yeah, it's, it's tough. I asked that question on Twitter earlier today. I mean, I'm, I'm just sitting there going through some numbers and, um, you know, looking at the roster, I don't, I don't get nearly as worked up about like contracts and stuff like that as like Steelers Twitter does. I just, I don't like paying. I I get worried when we're starting to talk about paying, you know, average starting players, which I would classify Miles Jack as like, I think he's a fine starting inside linebacker, but you know, he's got an 11.25 million cap hit next year. So um, it is really difficult to imagine him being back at that number for me personally. Now I know, that Mike Tomlin has always had really good things to say. They were really excited about bringing him in. They knew this was going to be the deal when you sign a two-year deal. Um, that first year, that cap hit is going to be lower, and that second year is going to rise. And they knew that coming in. I thought that he was going to have to play a little bit like better than what he's been this year and more impactful in order to kind of see that. And just looking at their other options, like I just – Spillane's playing, you know, every snap now. Every single snap. Yeah, I mean, I think if they're going to bring a guy back, like, to me, he's the guy that they are. They will end up bringing back, um, even if he's technically, like, not under contract right now because he's going to be a free agent. But I think Spillane will be back. Um, I don't know about Jack. Maybe, you know, he's still fairly young. Maybe they do try to work out some type of, um, like, one-year extension to kind of get that cap hit down a little bit. I don't know if but it takes two sides to tango on that. Um, I would be very surprised if Devin Bush was back. I think no, nah, Devin Bush is not coming back. I, 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 don't, I don't think that's good for Devin, and I don't think no. that that's what the Steelers want either. I think that the chapter is really, really nearing a close on that. On that, yeah, and I think it should. But it, let me ask this: Do you think that you just said eleven million for Miles Jack? Now put your head into Mike Tomlin and his very big love for Robert Spillane. Do you think there's a chance they pay Robert Spillane ten million dollars next season? It, I don't think it's gonna be that much, and and that's the thing. I, I think that this linebacker room, regardless of what Tomlin says, saying that he thinks he's got three starting capable players, uh, it is what it is. But um, I, I think that this linebacker room needs an needs an overhaul. I mean, whether that happens in one off season or not, um, there needs to be a shift here 
and at inside linebacker. So uh, I do. Uh, Spillane's going to be back. I, I'd be absolutely shocked if he's not. But um, oh, he definitely will be. Dude, yeah, there's but, nobody in Pittsburgh that is more loved by that coach. Nobody. Cam Hayward does not get the love from Mike Tomlin that <laughs> Robert Spillane gets. Like there's just nothing, nothing that that man could do wrong in the eyes of Mike T. Yeah. Um, I will say this too. I thought Spillane played well last week. You know, I, I think Spillane has played fine yeah. this season. Like I don't, I don't, it, he make he makes mistakes in coverage, but I told you this a while ago. Like I, I'm starting to think that it's the coaching staff telling him, Hey, you have to play this exactly like this. And he just, he's like, all right, well, I have to play this exactly like this. And then something goes wrong. And he's like, well, I was exactly where you told me to play. So, yeah, I think, yeah, just in the interest for me, um, you know, on Twitter when I'm going through the film and stuff, I, I feel like uh, I feel like he's a guy that gets a lot of uh, you know hate from the fan base. I don't want to say hate, yeah. but that's what it is. Um, so you know when he plays well, I, I want to mention that. But I do think he played well last week uh, for the most part. But there are always going to be athletic limitations there. You know, the Steelers have a lot of those guys. There are athletic limitations to several of their starters on both sides of the ball yeah. that are always going to be there, and that's just that's the reality of team building. You're not going to have superstars. Um, and I, I think that sometimes gets lost in translation too, like when discussing stuff like this with the fan base, um, you know, you're not going to have a, fi- a team of 53 superstars. You're not going to have 22 starters that are, you know, above average starters. That's just not, that's not how the NFL works. It's uh, the salary cap. It's too, it's too, it's too difficult. So, um, you know, he, he's, he's been fine. Um, he's been baseline average. Uh, but you know, I do think he's going to be back next year, and I, I would be actually pretty surprised right now if he's not the starter on opening day next year. Oh yeah, I definitely expect him to be the starter on opening day. I, I expect him to be the true linebacker one in Pittsburgh next season. Um, talking about Larry's, I want to talk about Larry's and kind of get into the Baltimore offense. If Larry does not play, do you expect a heavier dose of Isaiah Loudermilk, or do you expect Tyson to kind of fill that role for the Steelers? Their rotation of this defensive line is crazy. Wild. Yeah, that's um, what I had to ask. Yeah, I, I, it'll be both of them, but you know, they've honest, they've been playing Tyson Alualu at defensive end instead of playing the uh, Demarvin Leal there. So I don't know. Like Leal's really only getting looks when they're going to like four four looks, or you know, it's. The plan on defense up front in terms of like Leal's usage has been one of the more bizarre things that I've seen this year. Um, where do you think he fits more natural? Like, where do you, if you were going into next season with a plan for Leal, what would it he's be? A, he's a tweener naturally. Like, yeah. he, he's always been, you know, like Texas AM moved him up and down the front. He played a lot of edge. Um, regardless of how comfortable he looked on edge, he's not athletic enough to play out there, especially in yeah. the league. So, the natural fit for guys like that that aren't athletic enough to play on the edge. They need to move inside. Um, so he needs to be able to play three tech. And that was the plan I thought heading into the season when they had him gain, you know, 20 pounds from the time he weighed in at the combine. Um, and then, you know, why gets hurt? I get that. They had to play him at edge. And, you know, he did some okay things as a run defender out there. That additional weight showed up well. Um, and then now that Watt's back, I, he's still playing like some edge and I don't, I really don't get that. Um, but who, I don't know what their plan is. He, 
he's the guy um, – I kind of thought that this was going to be like a redshirt year because I thought they were going to be better up front on the defensive line in general, which they really haven't been. They've been okay. Hayward's, you know, playing out of his mind right now. But I thought the other guys were going to be better anyway to where they they would kind of redshirt him this year. He could get his body right. And then, you know, next year he would have a bigger role. But um, – Dang, I don't I don't know what the plan is now. I, I really don't. That's why I said the other day. Um, you know, we talked about it on the draft show too. Like, I, I think there's a very real possibility the Steelers have a new nose tackle and a new starting defensive end. And you know, a lot of people on Twitter were saying like, "Oh, it's going to be Leal," and I'm like, I don't I don't know if he's like he's definitely not in my opinion going into this off season and they're saying like, that's our start. That's our, thing. no, there's no way. There's no way they're doing that. There's right. even if, even if they hope that he turns into it, there's no, there's, and I'm not saying there's nothing to say he shouldn't. I'm not saying he won't be either. No, no, no. But they're you can't well just walk forward. into the off season and say, this is our only option. But they're going to, they're going to look at other guys. And I, I, I would be really surprised if, you know, there's not a lot of competition there or, you know, they could bring in a free agent, you know, whatever whatever they decide to do, but I don't know what their thoughts are on Leal. Um, but it's been, it's been a ride, but to answer your question between him and like ladder milk and Alu Alu, um, I think it's gonna be a pretty even split between those two guys. Uh, Baltimore's going to run a lot of heavy personnel. So I'm hoping that maybe we just see more Tyson at nose instead of having, you know, they had that wild play where Dobbins broke that like 50 yarder or whatever. And Cam Hayward's at nose tackle, and uh, Linderbaum just absolutely walls him off. And there's a hole the size of the Red Sea for Dobbins <laughs> to run through. So no more Cam Hayward at nose tackle, please, no. uh, Tara Austin. Um, but you know, as lo- as long as they you know stop the run, that's really that's really all it comes down to. And the Steelers they don't they do not need to be worried about this Baltimore passing game. It is an absolute joke. It's a joke. No. Lamar is in there because like he don't got nobody to throw to. I mean, the guys, they just claim Sammy Watkins, who has been washed for two, three seasons now. And two, three seasons. He's been washed since the day he walked into an NFL locker room. Like, he, I mean, he just physically is not, like, even nearly, like, the same player. But, like, you know, they're they're running out Sammy Watkins, the ghost of Deshaun Jackson, Demarcus <laughs> Robbins. Like, it's just, it. there's nothing there that scares you, especially with a limited passer and Tyler Huntley. So the Steelers just need to load the box, put eight guys in there, just stop the run. Nah, I agree. I agree. I, I expect, uh, just like you said, you know, I expect it to be a uh, little bit of a switch. I could see Jonathan Marshall finding his way onto the field this week as well, getting a little helmet and then going out there to play some nose tackle behind Monty Adams. I just think that they're just looking for big bodies to clog up that front. Um, Your other evaluate, like when you watch J.K. Dobbins the first time, this has happened five things in a row. Um, that my alarm has gone off. All right, last thing I want to talk about real quick. J.K. Dobbins, anything you the Steelers were had what twelve hours to prepare for him the first time? Yeah. Do you expect that to play a major role in them stopping them this time? Now that they have some film, they didn't do anything like I said mystical about their approach last time that I that I found that wasn't already on tape. It was just. They just won up front. Like, they they beat the heck out of the Steelers at the line of scrimmage in the trenches. So that's the key. Like, they got to get off some blocks. I mean, I know um, we try to do all this, like, evaluation and, like, X's and O's talk and stuff. But, like, sometimes it's just as simple as 
get off a block. And they yeah. didn't do that the last time these two teams played. The only thing that I'll say, um, it's nice that Lamar's not there because on some of those plays, you don't have the threat as you're not as worried about Tyler Huntley pulling it. Cause yeah, it might be like a seven, eight yard gain if he does, but you can get more aggressive on the backside of plays because like, whereas like when Lamar is in the, in the game, you can't do that. Cause like you mess up with him and it's 80 yards. So that's the thing. Um, but you know, Dobbins, I shout out to him too. I mean, coming back, he's talking about his pressers that, you know, He's 80% healthy in one of those knees and yeah, running for 120 yeah. yards a game. Credit to him. And best of luck to him getting healthy. I hope he, you know, doesn't play well this week, but um, it's been a crazy recovery. I mean, shout out to him. That's awesome. No, 100%. All right. Best time of the week. Although I, I don't think we've gotten one right in like six weeks. Let's do our picks. Week 17 at the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, New Year's Day 2023. Finally get to see, see you next, see you next year. Um, Steelers walk in as two and a half point dogs with a very insulting 35 and a half over under in this week 17 matchup. Who you got, my friend? 2013 Steelers. I think the Steelers are going to show up on defense. I think they're going to be able to stop the run a, at least a little bit more. I'm not scared of Tyler Huntley. Um, don't really fear the Ravens passing game whatsoever. And I think that just the defense. The defensive injuries for their side of the ball, Marcus Peters, Calais Campbell kind of swings this one a little bit for me too. Um, they've been playing really well on defense, but I think the Steelers can do just enough on offense. You know, Pickett at least has been taking better care of the ball than what we saw from Trubisky a couple weeks ago. That That's the difference to me. 2013 Steelers, uh, they split the series. All right, I like that. I'm going a little bit higher. I'm going 24-13 Steelers. I think Kenny Pickett finds the end zone with George at least once. Our man's not in the chat right now, but you go over on George. You always go over on George. I'm feeling good. I just think that this is a game where we, even if the Steelers' playoff hopes are gone by the time kickoff starts, that they're, they're, they're walking in here to showcase that they are the real deal near the end of the season. All right, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk. Find us anywhere you get your audio podcasts, and we will be back on Monday. Enjoy your new year.